was also Acts chapter number 26, a sticky finger there. We're going to be going there here in just a second. <clears throat> Glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight. All right, let's start reading 1 Timothy chapter number 4, verse number 12. The Bible says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Let's go, Lord, in prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, thank you, God, for this day. Thank you, God, uh, for another opportunity to stand and proclaim your word. Lord, I pray, God, that you'd help me as only you can, Lord, because you know I can't do it without you, God. Lord, I pray, God, that you would uh, help those that are in the congregation here tonight. Lord, I pray, God, that you would meet the needs. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Uh, I want to preach for a little while uh, tonight on the thought of two young men. Two young men. And I'll explain a little more about uh, what I'm talking about here. We have a letter to Timothy from Paul. Uh, and we see here that Paul is Timothy's hero. Uh, if you've ever studied this portion of scripture. Um, a couple interesting things about Timothy uh, that I didn't really know. Uh, Timothy grew up in a home uh, that was divided in what they believed in uh, religion. Uh, you see Timothy's uh, dad, he was a Gentile, uh, and Timothy's mom was a Jew. Uh, so he grew up in a home with differing religious beliefs. Um, so we, we know that uh, I, can, I can think about how uh, Timothy's father would tell him stories about uh, Alexander the Great. He'd tell him stories about uh, the Roman Empire. And he'd tell him stories about uh, the Greek gods. And how Timothy's mother may have told him about uh, some Old Testament heroes uh, like Moses and Elijah and David and the soon coming Messiah. Amen. Uh, so we see that Timothy had these two uh, separate uh, beliefs in his home. Uh, but then we find a man by the name of Paul uh, who came preaching through Galatia, uh, which is uh, modern-day Turkey. Uh, he came preaching Jesus, amen. He came preaching uh, the Messiah had come. And uh, no doubt that sparked Timothy's interest because he had no doubt heard stories about how uh, one of these days the Messiah was going to come. And uh, Paul came preaching that in his country. If you, read the, in, if you read the book of Acts, you'll find that Paul even heals a crippled man uh, there in uh, his hometown of Lystra. Uh, and the, as the story goes, we find that uh, Timothy, he opens up his heart to the gospel, and Timothy even goes on uh, to preach the gospel alongside Paul. And we know that Paul is writing a book here to Timothy, uh, giving him some instructions, uh, because Paul invested in Timothy. Uh, Paul was Timothy's hero. Timothy looked up to Paul, but Paul, he respected Timothy. He was, he invested in Tim, into Timothy. And I'm glad, I would like to say that I'm glad for some of the men who have invested in me over the years. I'm glad that I've got some heroes that I can look up to and some men that have invested in me throughout the years. Um, but I want to focus in <clears throat> here for a little while this morning. I, saw, I told you about two young men. One of the young men is going to be Timothy, but the other young man that we're going to look at here is Paul. Uh, you look at verse number 12. The Bible says, Let no man despise thy youth. Now that word youth right there, that, mean, that word is translated. Uh, now you'll have to bear with me here. It's, bear, it's translated nechotens, okay? And that word is used five times throughout your King James Bible. It's a word that's not used very often. And uh, another time that we see this word used 
is in the book of Acts. Uh, in the, and that's where we're going to turn, Acts, number, Acts chapter number 26. Acts chapter number 26, we'll find that Paul uses this word, this word for youth. Uh, he uses it in, he's talking about himself. Uh, so uh, chapter number 26, and we'll read in verse number 1. Uh, it's a very familiar passage of scripture. Paul says here, or the Bible says here, Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Thou art permitted to speak for thyself. Then Paul stretched forth his hand, uh, stretched forth the hand, and answered for himself, I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day before thee, touching all the things whereof I am accused of the Jews, especially because I know thee to be an expert in all customs and questions which are among the Jews. Wherefore I beseech thee to hear me patiently. My manner of life is from my youth, uh, which was at the first among mine own nation in Jerusalem, known all the Jews, uh, which knew me from my beginning. If they would testify that after the most uh, straightest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. So we see these two uh, young men. We see Timothy and we see Paul. Now, Paul's youth uh, was something that I think that we need to take a look at here. We see that Paul, he had made a name for himself. Uh, we, we see that in the scriptures where Paul says that he was known of all the Jews. He had made a name for himself. He was a well-known person. Uh, Luke tells us that he was the disciple of uh, Gamiel, which was a Jewish leader in the time that was uh, very high regarded. He, was, he had the best education. Uh, he went to a prestigious uh, college during the time. He was a smart person. He had a winning attitude. Uh, if you would have met Paul, you would have liked him because he was, a, he was, he, he was somebody that he was a go-getter. Uh, he had a good work ethic, right? Uh, he made a name for himself. And then we see that he made an occupation for himself. Uh, the Bible says, or Paul says here, he says, I lived a Pharisee. He was a Pharisee. He was a very religious man. He did that as his, as, as, as that was what he did, right? Uh, Luke 18 tells us, uh, that Jesus tells us what Jesus thought about these people. Jesus tells us that these, uh, they peop- these people, they went up to pray for themselves. It was all about works in the Pharise- in the, for the Pharisees, right? Uh, the Pharisees were religious, but they were steeped into this uh, works-based and, and, and doing it so that they can be seen by others. Uh, I'm going to read you a verse of Scripture here out of uh, Matthew chapter uh, number 23. Matthew chapter number 23, and uh, we'll start reading in verse number 25. I'll read this for you. You, didn't, you don't have to turn. Uh, Romans, or Matthew chapter 23 and verse number 25. Uh, Jesus here is uh, talking about these Pharisees. And uh, he says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortions and excess. Thou blind Pharisees, clean, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, uh, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like unto white sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead man's bones and are full of uncleanliness. So we see that these Pharisees here in this time, they on the outside they looked like they were well-rounded and they were uh, just living a good religious life. But on the inside, uh, they had problems, right? They were uh, steeped in themselves. They were uh, more worried about uh, what the outside world thought about them than having a relationship with God, right? So we see Paul here. He's lived the life (coughs) of a 
well-known man. A good, uh, he was a good Pharisee, right? He was a religious man. But you see, he was missing, he was missing something. He's missing Jesus, right? Now, it's, it's a good thing to be here on Sundays. It's a good thing to be here on Wednesdays. It's a good thing to tote a King James Bible, right? But none of that stuff is going to get you to heaven, amen? None of that stuff is really going to help you in the end. Uh, if, if we could really get down to business, uh, it was, I think it would surprise a lot of us how many people in our congregation were, uh, were more religious. than the, They are religious, but they have no relationship. So Paul here, he's, he's lived his youth. He has lived through this uh, religious uh, mess here. And he's got some words to say to Timothy here. So let's turn back over 1 Timothy chapter number 4. And we're going to look at young Timothy here. The Bible says in verse number 12, the Bible says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Now, Timothy here, the Bible says, let no man despise thy youth, right? <coughs> Timothy was a relatively young man, uh, but l- like I just said, age is relevant, right? Uh, if you were to be a uh, 40-year-old football player, that might be pretty old. But if you were a 40-year-old politician, that wouldn't be very old at all. You see, age is relative depending on where, where you're at. Uh, now, uh, Paul is speaking to Timothy in the, uh, in the way of this early church here. And during this time, there were a lot of really old heads in this, in this church. Uh, so Tim, Paul, when he's talking to Timothy about his youth, Timothy was, uh, I've read after uh, some commentaries that say that he was well into his 30s when he would have uh, received this letter from Paul. But in the grand scheme of things, he was a young man. Uh, so what I'm preaching here tonight is, is for young people, but it's also... For, the, for older people as well. This stuff can, uh, can be applied to both younger and older. Uh, now, uh, he may have been young in, uh, what, in, in the setting that he was in, but Paul still had a lot of respect for him. He had, a, he had invested a lot of time into Timothy, and he thought a lot of Timothy. He did. He thought a lot about him. Now, Paul, he, um, he instructs us on what to do with our youth. Here in, in, in chapter number 4. He instructs us on what to do. The Bible says, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. Now that word example, that means, that word is translated tupos. That means to leave a mark. We as Christians ought to leave a mark on this world. To set an example for what a Christian should be, Right? We should set an example for uh, our fellow brothers and sisters here in Christ because it's important that we live the Christian life and and, and set an example for what others should do as well. So Paul gives Timothy six things here that we should set an example in. First of all, and I'm going to give you these six things and I'll be done. Paul tells Timothy that he should set an example in his word. In verse number 12, he says... Example of the believers in word. That word now that means his his daily talk or his communication. Uh, now Paul's telling him, Timothy here 
that he ought to really mind his mouth. And that's something that uh, is hard to do, amen? Sometimes it's easy to let uh, something slip out or say something that you didn't really uh, mean to say. But us as Christians, we ought to be really careful uh, what we let come out of our mouths. Uh, I read after one person who said that Timothy's daily speech was to be, such, be of such character, consistency, and content that it would make people think of Jesus. And that's what we ought to strive for every day, is that our talk would be so consistent and of such content that it would make people think about the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, how, it's, how often uh, do we get out in this world uh, where we're no longer around, our brothers and sisters in Christ? It's a whole lot easier to let uh, certain things slip. Uh, it, it's easier to, uh, to, 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 let this, to, to let the filth come out of our mouth. Amen. It is. Uh, how many times do we get out? We will be riding in our car by ourselves and a song come on the radio and we'll sing along to that song even though it's something that's just so ungodly. And it, it's, it's, even if it's by yourself, it don't matter. It's, it's, we're, all, we're doing this for God, right? Amen. So we got to pay attention to our word. We ought to set an example in our word. People ought to be able to look at Billy and say, I, I know he's a Christian. I, I don't never hear Billy say a cuss word. I don't never hear Billy say no dirty joke. You ought, to, you ought to be able to identify yourself as a Christian based off the words that you say. He tells us to set an example in our word. He says to, he tells us to set an example in our conversation. Now, that word seems to be the same thing as word, right? Well, <coughs> the word conversation here is... Uh, it, it, if you look up the meaning of that word, it's, it means your lifestyle. You're the way that you live your life. Uh, did you know that we are all walking billboards for the gospel? Whenever the, this, this, the, the lost and dying world looks at us Christians, they're looking at, uh, they're looking at what they could have, right? They're looking at what they could have. We see that we are to be consistent. Uh, now, if I were to... Uh, all right, so I know, I know Dad in church. He's my pastor here at the church house. But I know him as my dad outside of church, right? How sad would it be if, if somebody was one way in church and then when you get outside, they're a different person. We are to be consistent in our daily lives. I'm, I'm glad that I know I've, I've got lots of people in here that I trust and they're consistent in here, if I saw them at the grocery store, if I, if I see them anywhere, they're consistent. They're Christians, amen? We ought to strive for that. We ought to set an example uh, in our daily lives. We ought to be on fire for God everywhere. We ought to be on fire for God in church, amen? We should. We ought to be able to be in here and to worship and uh, to, to, to spread the good news. But we, all, we, we also should be on fire for God outside of this church house, at the workplace, or at the schoolhouse. And we should also be on fire for God when nobody's looking. Uh, there at the house, at your prayer closet, you ought to be on fire for God when nobody else is watching. Amen. Uh, be consistent in your conversation, in your daily lives. We, to see, we see that we are to set an example in word, in conversation. We see that we are to set an example in charity. That word charity, that means compassion. The word means love, right? We already set an example in charity. I think it's, a, it's amazing how little things can come in between just us as Christians, right? 
We'll let anything come in between us. It's like we're out looking for an excuse for something to come in between us. It's, it's, it's really sad. We're brothers and sisters in Christ, right? And I know, that, I know that's easy preaching but hard to do, right? Uh, Gabe's my brother, but sometimes I don't get along with him too good, amen? We was playing games last night at Nana's. And uh, me and Gabe had set a little alliance together. We were, we were partners, right? We was going through the game together. And then right at the end, he stabbed me in the back and twisted it. And that got on my nerves, amen. It's easy to do. It's easy to let little things like that get, get in your head, get, get, it, get on, under your skin, right? But we're brothers and sisters in Christ, right? We ought to be consistent in our charity. Think about how we can love by giving. How we can... Now, that, that, you think, say, well, that's not really what I thought about when I thought about love. Well, you can love by giving because love is supposed to be selfless, right? You can love by giving your time, by investing in somebody else. Uh, you, can, you can spend some time with somebody. Now, how... Uh, foolish would it be of me if I never spent any time with Monica or Israel, right? I have to spend some time with them to be able to invest in them, right? It's the same way with our church family. We have to spend time with one another to be able to invest in one another. I think about how you can give your time, how you can give your heart, amen? You can do that. These things are free, amen? You can give your heart. You can give, uh, you can care enough to invest in somebody, uh, it's, it's sad that a lot of Christians uh, are so caught up in themselves that they don't care enough to invest in somebody else. We ought, to, we ought to invest in ourselves, amen, but we ought to invest in other people as well, amen. But then we can give our blessings. You say, what does that mean, give you blessings? Well, the Lord has blessed you with money, amen. You can give that. You can give it to these missionaries like we took up tonight. You can give it to the church in your tithe, in, in, in the offering. You can give your talents, amen? You can, uh, if you have an ability to do something well, you can give that to the Lord, amen? That's, that's charity, that's love, that's giving what you have to somebody else, amen? We are to set an example in charity. And then we see that we are to set a, an example in spirit. Notice in verse number 12, we see that we are to set an example in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit. Now that spirit, that speaks of the character of a man, right? That speaks of uh, the inward parts. Uh, now, if we fill our lives with the filth of this world, that's what we're going to have on the inside, right? That's pretty simple. Once you put in, it's what you're going to get out. If you spend your entire week listening to ungodly things, looking at ungodly things, that's what you're going to get out, right? But if we fill ourselves with the Holy Spirit, We'll be able to use that, amen? I got to thinking about some things that the Holy Spirit does for us. Only through the Holy Spirit can we understand the Word of God, right? Spiritually discerned. We have to be filled with the Holy Spirit to get something out of the Word of God, right? We have to be filled with the Holy Spirit to do the will of God, amen? I want to do God's will in my life, right? I'm sure everybody here, that's, that is our goal is to do uh, the will of God in our lives, even though it may be hard. Uh, if we are going to be filled with the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, that will help us to accomplish the work of God. Uh, how foolish would it be of us to go out and try to spread the word without the Holy Spirit helping us, amen? We'd make a mess of it, amen? We have to have the Holy Spirit 
to be able to worship. Uh, now, and Dad preached on that a few, a few weeks ago. If we want to worship effectively, we've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? If we're going to have wisdom, we've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I know back in, when I was over there in Billy in a Colton Sunday School class, what we was going through in Proverbs, you've got to want wisdom. So we're supposed to set an example in spirit. This is a good one. We've got to set an example in faith. Hmm. Now, God always raises up people to set an example of faith during an unbelieving, unbelieving world. Now, this world is full of people that, that are not believers, right? So how important is it for us as Christians to set an example of faith to those people? I think about how problems happen, sure. Uh, this world is going to throw things at you, right? But instead of... <coughs> Instead of complaining about our problems, instead of complaining about uh, the things that come into our lives, instead of seeking attention for uh, what is going on, instead of uh, trying to bring it to ourselves, how good would it be for us to set an example of faith during those situations? When problems arise, instead of complaining, we have faith and trust in God. It It might help somebody else that's going through the same thing that you're going through, being able to set an example of faith. And then sixthly, we see that we can set an example in purity. Now this word purity, that comes from the same root word as holiness. To live a clean life. That's not preached on much anymore. Uh, uh, If you go to a big mega church somewhere, they'll tell you that you can just keep living the way that you're living. As long as you give us your money on Sundays, amen. But that's not the way the Bible tells us to do it. The Bible tells us that we should live a a clean and a holy life. Now, I think about the place that Timothy grew up here in Galatia and how there was cities there in that country that were just terrible places to be. I think about Ephesus, how it was a morally polluted place. Uh, You think about uh, right there in the middle of that city, there's the Temple of Diana, which if you look that up and study it, that, that was a hub for sexual immorality. And how that it, it was a very unclean place. Now, I don't think that Paul was uh, expecting Timothy to get out and go to do any of that stuff, really. I mean, but he's telling him just so he'll know. Amen. Yeah. It's good yeah. to, to know that. It's good to keep it in your mind because uh, what you don't think you'll do, the devil will trick you into doing. Amen. So it's good to keep our minds clear, to keep our minds pure, to keep our minds holy, and to set an example of purity for the rest of our church, the rest of our community, our brothers and sisters of Christ. And I know this is not nothing that we're going to shout the house down over. <laughs> it's not. But it's good instruction. We need it. Paul here, he, he had experience as a youth. And those of us who are, are younger, there are people here that are older that have experience in youth. They've been there. They've done that. It's so important that the elders in the church lead by example. Paul here, he wasn't telling Timothy something that he wasn't doing. He was living it. Those of, those of you that are here and you're older, you're wiser, it's important that you set an example. 
lead by example. But then those of us that are here that are younger, it's important that we follow by example. To follow in the examples that the older people in the, in the church house, the wiser people, the elders have taught us. And to follow in those things. That's what the Lord laid on my heart for tonight.